Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Star Trek, the original series, season 2, episode 10, it is called A Journey to Babel, full spoilers for the episode as always. So this was a, this is a, a prominent episode because it introduced us to Spock's father for the first time, uh, and his mother as well, I, I never remember his mother, I was actually almost surprised to see his mother, I'm like, oh we actually meet his mother, I wasn't expecting that. She just doesn't feel as important, does she? Yeah, we always talk about his father. We got his father recast as a younger Vulcan in yes. you know, in Discovery, but you have had his father mentioned so much. Whereas here, here, you know, his mother's here too. So that was that was that was fun. So the plot of this episode is that the Enterprise is transporting a bunch of delegates from all different members of the Federation, so all these different species and uh, civilizations, because they're going to a conference in which they decide if this other planet or race, uh, Corridan, is admitted into the Federation. Uh, so, kind of like the UN, you know, letting in a new country member kind of idea. Yeah. And they are picking up all these people. They pick up Sarek and his wife at the start of the episode, although Spock neglected to mention to Kirk and McCoy that these were his parents, because Kirk even says, hey, uh, Spock, we'll be here for two hours if you want to beam down quickly to you know the planet and see your parents. It's like, uh, well, you see, and obviously I, I know Sarek's his dad, so yeah. as, as soon as Kirk said that, I'm like, oh, he doesn't know. Oh. Yeah, I was the same. It's like, oh, oh, this is interesting. I'd oh, forgotten this detail. So, uh, so that was a fun moment. That leads into the titles, and obviously the big thing that sort of twists and turns is that not only is there a mysterious vessel outside the ship, which obviously, so we have a bit of that. You know, what's this ship in front of us? It's weird. It's moving faster than we expect. What's happening? There's also a murder on board. One of the delegates is killed. So we have a bit of a who done it as well on top of everything yeah. else. So that is the, the gist of this one. So I guess I'll, I'll ask Connor, did you enjoy uh, Journey to Babel? I did a lot. It was a lot of fun. Mm. And and you had Bones as the MVP. So You had Bones down. questioning Spock's mother about what it was like as a kid, which brought up the, the teddy bear, the living teddy oh, bear with yes. fangs. <laughs> Even before that, right from the very start of the episode, mm. where he's trying to do the the salute, and he's like, "Ah, oh, no, forget it." Uh, <laughs> and then, and then the, the great thing is when they all walk in and do it, he he kind of half lifts his hand, looks down at it, and then shakes his head. He's like, "Nah, no. it off to the side." He's like, "No, nah, forget it." Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it. I'm just going to look kind of idiot. Yeah, that, that's that's his whole thing. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good episode. I think this is probably one of the better ones we've had in the last. You know, since uh, the Doomsday Machine, that was the, that was the first really amazing one this yeah. season. This is probably ranked, probably not quite as good as that one, but closest it's to it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a great episode. It's nice because we've had a few sort of mixed ones uh, recently. Not not terrible episodes, but not great episodes either. This one, uh, not only did it introduce a big part of Star Trek's mythology, where we have Sarek, we have his wife. Uh, it did a lot of good character stuff with Spock. Uh, and even with Kirk to an extent as well, and how they handle the situation that arises. Uh, mm. You know, it's all about Spock. Like, is he more Vulcan than human? Is he more human than he lets on? And his mother seems to think so. His mother is kind of prodding at that throughout the episode. So, yeah, she's in, she's very insistent, isn't she? Yeah. So it it made, it, made, it, it was a good character piece for Spock once again, and by extension, Kirk with how Kirk uh, deals with things because McCoy's just livid. McCoy's livid that Kirk gets injured. Kirk gets get attacked by the assassin. Uh, and by the way, one of the more impressive fight scenes that this show has had, because it was mostly one shot, and it was Shatner in the shot the whole yeah. time. Uh, no, it wasn't a super in-depth fight, but it did go on for a little while. It was a, a good. It, it was it was noticeable that it was him doing it. Yeah, and it was a long take. It wasn't until the final blow where it cut to another shot. Uh, but he gets injured, and he's in med bay, 
and because he's in Medbay, Spock was going to because Sarek's ill. Sarek's had the, the the Vulcan equivalent of a heart attack, and he's dying. He needs a transfusion, and Spock's the only one who can give him this. But because and he was going to do it, but because Kirk is out of action and they're in the middle of this crisis with this other ship that may attack them, he's like, no, Starfleet command dictates that I am now the acting captain, and I can't, you know. Just give this up to the next in command. And I almost felt bad for Scotty because McCoy says, well, just give command to Scotty and you, you need to do this. If you don't, your father will die. And he says, yes, but you're not allowed to give uh, command to just anyone in this type of situation. And, you know, I, I can't just give up command because of a personal reason. It has to be, you know, forced yeah. because, you know, something happens to me. Uh, but this is one of these things where I think Spock always has that underlying thing where you think, is there a small chance he's using the rules as harsh as he is because of something he personally does not want to do? And normally, I think even though you could think that, he is actually just genuinely going by the rules to a fault. Whereas here, I actually do think he's using the rules because he feels uncomfortable doing something. Hmm, I don't know. I think it's just that sense of he's got that, that pride and honour. He can't let someone else do the job if he's the one that's supposed to be doing it. I think there's more to it than that. I think there's some human human elements at play here. But I think that is human. He's he's too proud to go, no, someone else should do this. He thinks he's the best person for the job. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, the fact that him and his father are both stubborn is brought up. Kirk calls him stubborn and uh, Mrs. Sarek's like, huh, so that's more of a human thing. But they have yeah. a sort of smirk to themselves. Like, yeah, they, they think they're not that human, stuff. but there's there's there's, yeah. there's more human in them than they, they realise. No, I, I genuinely think like, some of uh, Spock's stuff in this one is, that is the first time I have been convinced beyond a doubt that he is actually using the rules to, to sort of ignore his uh, perennial responsibilities. Uh, which, funnily enough, then Kirk, once he wakes up, even though he is not fit to be back on that bridge, he's not fit to be commanding again, he's like, I'm not letting him commit patricide, I'm getting up. And he's like, clearly in pain, and he has to go on the bridge, he's like, I'll pretend I'm okay, just to get Spock down to the med bay, and then, you know, because he actually says, like, after he does it, he says, like, get Scotty up here, <laughs> get Scotty up in command. <laughs> yeah. I'm not fit. But then, then the vessel starts attacking, and he's like, oh, shit, no, I'm staying, I'm staying. This is too important. Oh, yeah, I'll sit down, I'm good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's sort of like half off the chair in pain, holding his stomach the entire time. But, no, when he comes up, he sort of does that thing, he's like, hey, Spock, I'm fine, yeah, go on down to med bay. And he, he gives a little smile to show that, you know, he's the same old, you know, jokey Kirk. He's the same old self, but as soon as he leaves, he's like, oh, my pain. <laughs> I'm in pain. Oh, Uhura, get Scotty up here. I'm, I'm dying. Uh, it's good stuff. But at least that joke ending where they're all in med bay and they're, they're sort of arguing about something or all at the end. And McCoy's like, no, shut up. Both of you, shut up. You shut up. I'm your doctor. Shut up, Spock. You shut up, Kirk. I'm your doctor. Ah. And he both- literally shushes them. He goes, he goes up and goes, yeah. shh. And then both of them say, you know, Spock, I think this is the. This is the happiest I've ever seen him be. He looks quite happy. And then Spock's like, yes, I don't think I've ever seen him any happier. And he's still not got a smile on his face, but then it's just, it's quiet. Then McCoy just sort of gradually, the smile appears on his face and he's, he says, I finally got the last word. And that's the end of the episode. It's just the grin in his face. At, at this point, and also when he realises the teddy bear thing earlier on, is spectacular. Oh, that, that grin when he hears the teddy bear thing, because... Like, that whole conversation starts, he's like, so tell me, when he was younger, did he run about and play with the other children? And, and then he goes, oh, that grin is, is, is fantastic. Yeah. Because I think a lot of this episode is about how Vulcans like to think they don't 
ever act on emotion, but they kind of do. Like even Sarek, his whole time is like, oh no, I'm not mad at Spock for not doing what I was wanted him to do for joining Starfleet. It, it was logical. Like he he you know he he yeah. as if he doesn't care, but he does. Yeah, and and, and the wife's like, you're you're proud of him. He's like, no, I'm not proud. He just needs respect. <laughs> Yeah, which is why I think Spock as well, to a large extent, in this episode is because obviously at the end, um, Spock realised a clue as to what was actually going on with the ship. He realised that because they were essentially primed it for a suicide mission, that was why they could go at warp ten. That's why they could do all these things that normally ships can't do. Is because they had no intention of surviving. They, you know, if they, if they blew up as they tried it, they were okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's like, you know, actually, I should have realised that earlier. I don't know why I did. And you know, Kirk's like, well, maybe you had something on your mind. It's like that's illogical. But no, he did, because he actually did care that his father was dying, as much as he didn't want to admit it. And that's why I think throwing himself into command was his way of saying, no, I am still Vulcan, I don't care about this. Because this is logical. Okay. I think think he's hiding it. I think think he's scared to admit that he's more human than than he lets on, because even his mother thinks that. And his mother gives him a slap. See, see, I I don't know still, because, you know, as soon as McCoy brings it up, he's like, yeah, I, I should be the the guy yeah i should donate my blood yeah whatever like, as soon as it's an option he's like yep this makes sense i'll do this yeah yeah because it's logical he's, he's got no way out of it but as soon as he has an option as soon as he has an avenue to prove that he is more logical again he, he does I, I i really think it's just more the pride angle that comes through and and i think it, again it plays into you know he, the idea that he thinks he's the best man for the job i think this plays into it thematically with sarik as well because it tells us sarik was retired he came out of retirement for this because he thought he was the best person to do it. Okay, okay, I, I could see. I, I, I was thinking we're full of it, and that, that's an okay little bit of evidence. I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it links the links between them. I'll give you. Uh, I still think I'm right, but <laughs> like, I, I, th- I think this one you could do, you could take either way at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know, that's just kind of why because I, I think a big part of Star Trek's appeal to me, you know, beyond the you know the the stars and the trekking. Uh, like a big, at least the original series is like Spock's humanity and how it kind of grows and it yeah. becomes more apparent as it goes on. And I, I think for me, this this was a big step in that journey. That you know the fact that Kirk even says to his mother, "Oh, he's my friend. He's my best officer. And he's my friend." And she's like, "Oh, I'm glad he's got a friend." Uh, <laughs> almost I like agree. he's never had one. I, I think the, what's interesting is you know we're taking that moment in complete opposite ways, mm. but ultimately the result is the same. It's both. It's in the in the the idea that it's something human that's driving his motivation, regardless yeah, of yeah. which way it goes. No, that's fair. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah, that, that's a complete sense. Um, yeah, I, I think a big part of him is denying that he's... he's like You know, he, he likes to pretend that he's not human at all. Because It's funny, because his mother, f- for the first time, actually says to him in this episode, uh, you're not really human and you're also not really Vulcan you're you're you know to Vulcans you're not really a Vulcan and it's funny to hear that because to us he has always been the Vulcan he it's like because we are human beings and because he's the one who's different no he's the Vulcan he's so weird compared to everyone else Mm. especially to us as an audience because you know we don't have any of this at all this is just a species that doesn't exist so he is the weird one he's the one that's different but to them they go yeah he's a bit human isn't he yeah yeah uh so I I think that's kind of a fascinating thing to explore that even to Vulcans he's not he's he's seen as kind of an outcast, uh, mm. and, and I, I never really considered that you know him joining Starfleet was also a part of that but it kind of is to an extent. Uh, yeah, it's it's in a way it's choosing his human heritage over over his Vulcan because you know they, they, he wanted to, to join the the Vulcan Science Academy which would have you know directly kind of chosen that path but this 
while Starfleet isn't like entirely human, but it's it's very much like okay, yeah. that's the choice. You're that side yeah. of the I family. Mean, you, you could argue that there's obviously the Federation's made up of all these different, yeah, you know, races and species and stuff, and it's not just humans. It's, it's equally like I, I I imagine Starfleet has ships that are primarily. You know, another race. Like, I, I yeah, can't think of any who are in the Starfleet race. We always meet the enemies. We never meet the ones that you are in the what? race. Do you know what's really annoying me as well? We we heard of at least two of them in this episode. We did. We had Pigface, yep. <laughs> which is not the name of the race, but that's that's what, that's what I remember. And we had the blue dude who turns out, one of them turns out to be a, a, an imposter who's the assassin. Yeah. Uh, we had Gav was the pig guy who gets killed. Um, and we had Thelev, who's the assassin, who's the the, the blue race. I cannot but, refl- believe for me to remember what either of but, those races were called. But they're both Federation species. That's true. You know, we had tons. I mean, technically, we had tons of them in the in the background and just walking around and stuff. But the, the, those yeah. two were quite main ones. Yeah, obviously, because we met them, we had conversations with them. Mm. Uh, we had we had debates with them. Yeah, it turned out by the way because we're kind of glossing over why the assassin was doing anything because because that wasn't really the, the focus of the episode. The focus of the episode was this emotional yeah. sort of uh, struggle for for Spock and. Uh, by extension, Sarik, and then of course uh, McCoy and Kirk's pl- play into that. Uh, but the, the assassin was his, his race, the planet that was going to join the Federation. They have dilithium crystals, and it was interesting how last week's episode of the original series uh, we learned about Zephyr and Cochrane, and then in Discovery this past week they mentioned Zephyr and Cochrane. We thought oh, that was nice timing, and as much as obviously dilithium crystals are always a constant thing in Star Trek. The the last episode of Discovery also talked about a planet that had the lithium crystals on it. it was just yeah, it was quite a big focus, wasn't yeah. it? And it was the same here. I I, I noticed that as well. But uh, so sure enough, uh, so because it's not a federation, but but it has a lot of these lithium crystals, uh, it's not regulated, and therefore there's a lot of illegal mining going on. Whereas if it's I'm, not, feder- I'm not gonna lie, mm-hmm. it sounded a bit like a protection racket. The federation going here, come here, we'll give you some protection, and you can give us forty percent. Yeah, but is that better than the dangers of all the illegal stuff going on? Like, are the people going to do a lot more? That, that's hostile? what the mobsters say. <laughs> it's regulated. They're giving jobs, and they'll probably build them a better infrastructure and give them better plumbing and whatnot. It's I'm, a I'm, different. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> You've been watching too much of the dish. You're comparing everything to what the I, mobsters I, I, do. Yeah. Husbands, and, <laughs> yeah. husbands and pimps. They're all the same. Federation, exactly. the mafia. All the same. It's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, so that no, was fun learning a bit more about the uh, Starfleet. It was uh, the idea of like a new species or planet getting into the. I, I don't know how they count it because because like if a species is on multiple planets already, like you, you would talk about the species, the race joining the Federation. Yeah, I think it was more the planet itself. Yeah, which probably implies. Uh, that they're just on one planet. Because to be fair, I think, like, you know, humans... Be- I mean, they're obviously spread throughout the Federation now, but I think human beings as a race, like, you just associate them with Earth and this. Yeah. That's their home. Uh, you know, Vulcans come from Vulcan and so forth. Uh, I, I just wonder, like, do we encounter, like, a species at some point that is naturally already on, like, three planets because that's just how they... You know, the three planets were close together. They all kind of, like, developed together and... Mm. No, that's what you're saying. They've had, you know, they've had space travel between them for so long that they're just all kind of one big pot of the same people. Yeah, I guess then you'd you'd have to name them after the system rather than the than an individual or, planet. Or or maybe that oh, was actually a bit convoluted. What I said more likely would be just that they grew up in one planet, but there was like an empty planet right by. Like like we if we colonized Mars. Yeah, yeah, but it had been like, on so long by yeah. the time that this this went on that they were both equal. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, it's like Earthlings and Martians were just just two sides of the same species, kind yeah. of kind of idea. But 
Uh, but yeah, there's lots of fun little things in here. Um, I was it, McCoy. We, I thought the action was quite good. Actually, there was a point early on when uh, Sarek's arriving, and we have this sequence of the the, the shuttle, the Galileo coming in. Yeah, uh, I think the second one's called Columbus. I think I noticed there was Columbus on the other one, but I could be wrong. Oh, awesome. uh, but the Galileo comes in and lands in the dock, and it spins round. And this looks so because this is obviously the remastered version we're watching with all the the, the mm. new CG effects. And this is one where I'm like, I wonder what that looked like in the old. And obviously, the Blu-ray's got the the angle button. You can just switch, switch it, it yeah. and you can just see. So I actually went back for like thirty seconds and just watched that again in the old effects. I, just, I was I was just curious. I want to see what that looked like. It looked not bad, to be honest. It was you know it was a model and. Uh, arguably the space element looked a bit better to be honest oh, okay. uh, but the ship and the turntable uh, I think it's down to taste it's like do you prefer it looking tactile or do you prefer it looking uh, sleeker yeah. I guess um, I, I think I think honestly it's up to taste it wasn't like clearly worse or better I think it's just down to which one do you think it's just different they both yeah. look fake <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying but which one do you prefer uh, to look at I, I mean we haven't really talked about the the remaster very much, but I think it's it's a really done a really good job of feeling like it's of the time. Yeah, they kept it simple because even in the new version of this scene, it feels too clean to be realistic. Yeah, and it still feels like okay, this could have been done. Like it doesn't feel like it's a stretch to say that this is from that time period, even though we know it's not because it's update effects. It's mostly kind of just seemed like to keep things consistent. Yeah, honestly, the the biggest thing um, difference for me in terms of whatever I've checked between them is that planets, you know, when they see like a shot of a planet, uh, yeah. they look much better in the new version because in the last version, you know, in the old versions, it was, uh, they look kind of just like this blobs of, mm. like, smog. And like, you know, whereas like the new ones look like actual planets with cloud formations and stuff. Whereas before it was almost like someone had gotten some, like, uh, pastels, you know, pastels and just sort of coloured yeah, in a yeah. circle. Uh, so uh, those have improved quite a bit but uh, the, the ship's kind of oddly still so smooth and kind of you know it's almost like the difference between like a, a cutscene from you know FMV cutscene from an old video game versus one that's now there's just s- simple things like the camera's still very static it's not doing a lot of fancy movements or anything mm. like that you know, whereas now you, you watch a scene Discovery like forgetting the actual quality of like how good the CG looks you'll have it spinning into the ship and like all sorts of crazy moves and yeah. all those kind of things uh, that's not. We're not criticizing the effects here. I, I was just. I watched that new effect, and I was legitimately curious. How did that look with their sixties effects? Because yeah. uh, it's it's a bit more intricate in that the ship's actually coming inside the ship and then like spinning around and mm. you know. it's doing something rather than just moving side to side. Exactly. Yeah. So I was curious as to what that looked like in the old one, uh, and yeah, pretty pretty decent, honestly. Uh, oh, that's cool. But yeah, uh, no. So. Yeah, that that was that was a solid episode. Like I say, good yeah. character piece uh, for uh, Spock, definitely Sarek, who we know is obviously going to be, you know, around. Uh, yeah, Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. The guy playing Sarek, mm-hmm. he, he was the 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 Romulan, right? That that first Romulan. He looked like him. I'm going to check. You're you're right. He looked a lot. He, like it, it was like I'm sure it's him, but it's been a while since I've watched it now. So yeah. He's in a lot of the movies, actually. I'm just <laughs> he's, oh, he's, he? he's known for like at least three of the original, you know, series movies are all get him in it, uh, oh, possibly cool. more. But I'm I'm scrolling down. Let's get to the sixties. Where are we? <laughs> Where are we? And sixty-seven-ish. Yep, it's him. It's in both episodes. Oh, cool. 
You're right. Do you know, it's funny, I recognised them, but I never connected to that episode because I just, I knew what he looked like anyway. So I just assumed I yeah. recognised them for being Sarek. But well, you're right. I did it at first and I was like, no, I've seen him in this before, like more recently than yeah. when I watched through bits of this in the past. Eh, they must have liked the actor. And, you know, with good reason, he's pretty good. Yeah, he is, definitely. Uh, I, I think it's it's funny here, he's, he's such, he does such a good job of being like the uber Spock. Like he's just as logical, but he's just a little bit worse somehow. Which makes sense because yeah. he's the father. He's like he's what Spock learned from. Uh, and is it possible that Spock just kind of like sometimes humans like they're always trying to impress their parents. He's trying to impress his parent by like being as logical as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Which by the way, I actually laughed a lot at the end when uh, his wife was like, "I'm sick of logic. I'm always logic with you two. <laughs> sick of logic." Uh, but there seems to be a, a proper connection there. Like, I'm looking forward to that being explored at some point, and I'm sure it does. Like, you know, why did he marry an Earth woman? Like, you know. Yeah, th- there was that great scene where you know she's like, "Yeah, well, I love you," and and he's like, "Why, why do I even marry you?" It was like it seemed logical at the time. <laughs> yeah, which almost sounds like a, an Earth man cracking a joke about his wife. That's yeah. what it sounds like. It sounds like it a is. normal Earth thing to say. Um, and again, I, I think it's this idea that they're more human than they actually realize, or they want to admit. Yeah. And maybe maybe in the case of Sarek, like she's made them a bit more human over the years because they've been together for decades at this point. Yeah, she's she's rubbed off on him a little bit. Yeah, it's in there. You just have to have to dig it out a little bit. Yeah, just gotta melt, melt all the ice around it first. In fact, literally in this episode, they practically dug out his heart because they had to fix it. So that is true. So you know. <laughs> Uh, dear. Actually, I liked how the assassin uh, was like already. He'd already like swallowed like a not a not a cyanide pill because it'd have been quicker. Yeah, than that, like, but a, a slow poison. Yeah, and he's basically just slowly dying on the bridge. He's like, oh, I've got like maybe ten hours. Oh no, wait, I miscalculated. Dead. That was almost a little bit funny. It was. It was. Oh, no, got, this was a that. very good episode. It was a very good episode. Yeah, it did all the things I like a good Star Trek episode to do. Uh, it had some nice, you know. Human moral quandaries mixed with uh, character development and then some fun Star Trek action with the ship and, yeah. you know, trying to hit it and whatnot. So, no, yeah, uh, quality. So, uh, by all means, let us know what you think of uh, this episode in the comments. Uh, let, you know, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash TV. You get these Star Trek reviews a week early as well, just for a dollar and the dollar tier. So if that appeals to you and you want to support us a little bit, you know, you can throw a dollar our way. Uh, or you could throw a little bit more and see what else is there if you like another content as well. Uh, but you can do that. Uh, there's also an audio feed for these Star Trek reviews now if you would uh, like to check out that. Uh, just search Mail of Fuzz TV on your iTunes or your podcast app and you should... Uh, get to it. It's called the Star Trek Viewers Log because it needed a name beyond just the Star Trek reviews that we call it on the channel but it's there. Uh, so yeah, that that is us. So that has been Journey to Babel. Let us know what you think. I said that already. I'll, I sometimes do that. I'll forget I've done all the plugs already and I'll, I'll look start back over. around. Yeah, that's us guys. So thanks once again for watching uh, or listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, keep watching TV and we'll see you next time. <laughs>